Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmet. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. We're reading from Colossians 3, 1 through 11. And today's message is entitled, God's Plan for the New and Better You. Like it or not, all of humanity needs a radical makeover. And that's especially true regarding God. From Scripture, we understand that God can't become more like us. This is especially true regarding God. Scripture teaches us that God can't become more like us. God can't become more like you. Your only hope, our only hope, is for us to become more like Him. That's why God sent Christ. So you could become more like Him. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And in verse 10 of this Colossians chapter 3, Paul tells us, he commands us to put on the new self. In spite of what God has done and what God commands us to do, all too often we find ourselves reverting back to default, to our old selves, our old tired life, our old way of living that really never was working for us. Do you find yourself doing that? Three steps forward, five steps backward in the faith. You keep going back and back to the old life. What do you say today? What do you say? Are you ready to follow God's plan for the new and better you? Are you ready? Some of you may not be ready. So you can just hang on here. But for those of you who are ready to follow God's plan for the new and better you, here's what the Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3. First of all, Paul tells us to get our minds right. you got to get your mind right. In verse 2, Paul says that we're to set our minds on things above. I think I meet so many Christians who have a worldly mindset. When I say that, I think that some people would hear me saying this, I meet so many bad Christians. But I'm not saying that. I meet, I meet so many Christians that the way they think, the way they are programmed is through the lens, the worldview of our contemporary culture. They don't, they don't have a worldview of Jesus. They don't have a worldview of the early church. And we've got to get that worldview. We've got to get our minds right. Here are the basic facts in this passage of Scripture that we just read. First of all, Paul says that you are in Christ. That your main location 
Your main identity is with Christ, not with the world, not with contemporary culture. And Paul says that you died. Do you feel like you've died? You've died? I don't. I feel like I'm very alive. I don't, I'm not even sure what, what, what it feels <laughs> like to die. But what Paul means by you died, he means that you were separated. The ancients thought of death as being one of separation more than they might think scientifically like we do. Like uh, we have a cease of heart function, a cease of breathing function. So Paul says you've died, you've been separated. You've been separated from the carnal, the fleshly ways of the world. And Paul says that your old life is gone. It's gone. You've been given a new life because you've not only died to the things of this world and the very concerns and viewpoints of the world, but you have been raised with Christ. And what Paul means by this is that you've been united with Christ in His resurrection through your baptism and through your profession of faith. You've been united with Christ. You've overcome everything with Christ. You've been given everything in Christ. Not only that, but the basic facts continue is that Christ is your life now. That this life is not about you. In fact, you were created to live in God. The basic facts. So many Christians don't understand the basic facts. Many people think Christ came to make their life better. Christ didn't come to do that. He came so that you would die to your old life and that you could become a new creation because Christ can't become more like you. Your only hope is to become more like Him. And that means radical transformation of your mind and your life. Paul says to set your hearts on things above. Literally to seek the things of God. That that is to be your priority. So, if you're ready to follow God's plan for the new and better you, you've got to get your mind right. You've got to begin to think according to the facts of Scripture. To the facts of, of Christ. And the next thing you need to do is, is to, take out, to take out the things that are in your closet from the old life. You need to clean out your closet. In verse 9, Paul says to take off your old self. Literally, a taking off of the old clothing. Have you ever seen people who have been discharged from the Marines or the Army occasionally put their fatigues on and walk around out in public after they've been discharged? I've seen that. I've seen guys walking in fatigues. They knew they were out of the Army. Think about this. Think about how weird that is. And kind of what a joke it is. Now imagine you, you had a, a, your closet filled with your army uniforms. And you were discharged from the army, but occasionally, occasionally, maybe, maybe for a day, maybe for three days, maybe for three months, maybe for three years, you decided that you were going to put on your, your army fatigues, go back to your platoon sergeant and say, platoon sergeant, I'm here reporting for duty for a little bit. This is what we do when we go back to the old life. You see, you were discharged from the old life. But for whatever reason, you kept the uniform. 
You go back and you put it on. Paul says you're to rid yourself. You're to rid yourself of these things that are characterized by the old life. Verse 5, Paul says you're to put them to death. What you got to do once you've been discharged from the army, once you've been discharged from the old life, once you've been discharged from the power of sin, once you've been discharged from the power of death, once you've been discharged from the power of hell, is that you've got to burn the old things. You've got to burn the old uniform so that you'll never put them on again. You've got to put these things to death. Paul makes a, a list here. He says, rid yourselves of anger, rage, malice, slander. And he says, rid yourselves of filthy language. I'm going to go off in a little bit of a rant. I am sick and tired of Christian cussing. Sick and tired of it. In fact, Paul says you're to put it to death. You're to rid yourselves of these things. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And in Colossians 4, 6, Paul says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know who you ought to answer according to each person. Really, folks, should I carry around with me a list of cuss words that Christians don't get to say? Oh, by the way, here's the list of cuss words just so you know that you can't say. How about, how about if I restate it like this? Do you need a list of cuss words to keep you off the no-fly list? Do you need a list of cuss words to keep you off the no-fly list? And I mean the no-fly list when you die. When you die, you won't fly. Tired of Christian cussing. You don't get a cuss. You've got to clean out your closet. You've got to burn the old life. And you've Got to put on the new self and follow a new path. Are you ready to follow God's plan for the new and better you? Paul says put on the new self. Put off the old self and follow a new path. In verse 7, Paul said, you used to walk in the old life. Used to walk in it. But he means walk. He just doesn't mean to rambly walk. He means that you used to you used to march in step to the old life. That's what you did. You marched in step to it. You you went with the flow. You followed those in front of you. Many years ago, in my lifetime, someone cheated on the Boston Marathon and claimed they had won. Do you remember that? <laughs> they didn't run the whole thing. He said, I won. Everybody was celebrating. This is like a record time. Look at this person's won. But they found out this person cheated, didn't run the whole marathon. Many of you are fooling yourself and you're lying to God because you're cheating. I'm only going to walk with God in the things that I want to walk with God in. And then I'm not going to walk with God in the things that I don't want to walk in. Listen, it's all or nothing. Your old life died. You can't go back to it and walk with God. 
you're going to eventually be swallowed up by your old life. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to follow God's plan for the new and better you? If you are, don't expect many people to walk God's path with you. Don't expect it. There's not a lot of people who are really willing to do it. And I suspect there never was. No matter what they said about themselves, they're just Boston Marathon cheaters. But the good news is that you don't have to walk alone. That's the great news. Even though not many will walk with you, you don't have to walk alone. You've got to follow the new path. You've got to put off the old self, put on the new self, and, and walk in God's path. That means you're going to get a new community. You're going to get new friends to walk with you, and it's called the church. Think about this. What excuses and lies will the devil tell you to stop you from walking God's path with God's people? What do you think he, what do you think he would tell you as a, by way of excuses, by way of a lie? And remember, good lies always have what? Grain of truth. Grain of truth. How about this lie? All religions have the same God. I heard this less than 24 hours ago. All religions have the same. Nope. Nope. That's not true. That's a lie. Not all religions are the same and not all religions have the same God. In fact, if you read the Bible carefully, God spends a lot of time distinguishing Himself from other things that are called God. He spends a lot of time distinguishing Himself as the God of certain people. For example, in the book of Exodus, Moses sees an epiphany. He sees God, a theophany in the burning bush. And he says, who are you? He says, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of, of Isaac. I'm the God of, of Jacob. He doesn't say, I'm the God of the Egyptians. And I'm the God of the, the, the Hittites. He says, no, I'm the God of those people. And in the Holy Gospels, Jesus says that I am God. Not me, <laughs> Father John, but He says that He is God. Jesus said that He is God incarnate. I don't need to walk with God's people because all religions are just all the same and it's the same God and the different names of God and different things you have to do. What kind of lies would the evil one tell you to keep you from walking the path with God's people? How about this one? Organized religion is bad. You hear that one all the time. Oh, it's bad. Everything else can be organized. That's okay. But just not, just not Christianity. It's bad. Organized Buddhism is okay. But it, it's, just, it's just the religions I don't like. It's, it's bad that they organize. I've heard this by people who claim to be Christians. Really? Organized Christianity is bad. Why did Jesus and the apostles organize it? It's a lie from the evil one. Here's another one, and I'll stop with this. Christianity is a self-serving organization. It's a lie. There are people who are Christians, who are in Christian service, Christian organizational ministry, who are self-serving. I'm sorry about that. 
But Christianity is the community of God. It's the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Christianity is a God-serving organization. The church serves Christ and His people. You see, at the heart of these lies, I think, is this. Is that there are many, maybe you, there are many who despise the church because it offers what you desperately need the most, but are rebelling against. Let me read that again. What many of you despise about the church is that it offers you what you desperately need the most, but continually rebel against, and that is accountability. You don't want accountability. I'm not talking about control, because in some people's minds, accountability and control are the same things, and they are not. There are so many people who, who read the Scriptures, and when they read the Scriptures, they never realize that the Scriptures, especially the New Testament epistles, are letters of accountability. They're to keep people accountable in their walk with Christ. It's unfortunate that the church has largely forgotten Largely forgotten, but now slowly beginning to be recovered, the ministry of discipleship. You know, for years and years and years, we've dunked them and said, go at it. You're on your own now. Hope to see you around a lot. No discipleship. That was forgotten, but now it's beginning to be recovered. And know this, that discipleship always included accountability. If you're not accountable to anyone in your Christian life, you are not a disciple. And I want to ask this as a question rather than making it as a statement. If you're, if you're not a disciple of Christ, are you really united with Christ? Will you really be united with Him in heaven? Or are you just a cheater who cut the Boston Marathon short and think you're on your way to heaven? I hope you answer that. Question in your heart and in your mind. In Paul's letter of accountability in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and image of its Creator. Put on the new self. Know the basic facts so that you can become the image of your Creator, the icon, the image of your Creator. You see, Paul is saying again, it's impossible for Christ to become more like you than He already has. It's impossible. So you have to become more like Him. And in fact, in fact, know this, if you're ready for the new and better you that God intends, that Christ is the spitting image of the new and better you. It's a spitting image. May the Lord help us follow His plan for being the new and better you. Amen.